Welcome back to the Pick a Side podcast. I am Seth Robinson, your host. On this episode, I would like to continue exploring the different forms of human communication. On the last episode, we discussed the many different interactions we have using the internet. Today, I chose to go in the direction of direct human communication, and I believe my guest is the perfect relay point of reference. His name is Jackie Robinson. He is also my father. What's up, Dad? What's going on? How's the weather where you are? Uh, I see, and I don't go out in it, so I don't really know. <laughs> Are you guys getting, uh, you, you aware of any, because we, we've been getting murdered down here. Mother Nature's been letting us have it. I guess it's her last uh, winter hoorah. Are you guys getting any of that up there? Oh, yeah. We didn't get as much snow as you guys got, but we got some. And uh, so since that vortex has come way south, you know, and that's why Texas is having a hard time, that vortex puts up puts us in that sub-zero weather. So up yeah. here in Michigan, we're like, well, we were, now it's getting a little warmer, but we were like sub-10, sub-12, right. and then with the windshield, sub-20, all that stuff, you know? Yeah. yeah um, it's, it's getting warmer now. That's great. That's what we're looking uh, We're looking at, too, down here. It's it's, it's getting there. Um, you know, so if you wouldn't mind, I'd like to provide our listeners with just a little bit of your backstory, um, if that's okay. Yeah, no, go ahead. Where, All right, so where you want me to start? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, where where did you grow up, and around what time was that? I grew up in Chicago, Lawndale, West Side community in Chicago, and that was during. Uh, uh, well, I don't want to say when I was born, but let's say that was during the sixties. <laughs> it's like during the sixties, I became conscious. Okay. So I don't I don't remember a whole lot before the sixties. <laughs> in the sixties I became conscious of myself. You became a sentient being. That's right. Excellent. That's right. Yeah. So where'd you go to school? Where'd you go to elementary school? Went to a school down the street, uh, called Holland. Holland. Okay. And uh just the elementary schools, kindergarten to sixth grade. Then I went over to uh uh seventh and eighth grade junior high to Hess. Right on. And then uh, I spent about a year at uh, Harrison High School in Chicago till they, till the city kicked me out to Maywood. Oh, boy. And then I went to Proviso East for the last three years of my high school. Oh. And um, then, you know, going to Proviso East, they convinced everybody, you know, you should go to college. So I wound up going to college. Not sure exactly what I was doing. But, uh, <laughs> hey, join! Hey, jo- join the club, buddy. <laughs> yeah, so I, I went there. Actually, I went there for journalism because when I when I got into college, I, you know, there's just so much layering here. You know, things intersecting with other things going on at the same time. Yeah, you said that was. I went to college. I'm sorry, you said that was. I'm sorry, you said that was UIC. You went to. Excellent. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it was. It wasn't called UIC. It was called uh, University of Illinois at Chicago Circle Campus. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, and uh, you know it was kind of a new school. Yeah. Uh, and and some of the buildings they hadn't even finished building yet. They they ran out of money, and some of the steps leading up, some of the steps in the building would lead up to like brick walls. <laughs> hey, <laughs> that's where the funding ran out. <laughs> 
Which is better for me because it looks better on a resume. Yeah. UIC instead of UICCC. Yeah. So what did you what did you want to? You said journalism. Was that your immediate dream profession, uh, or, or was there something else you wanted to do? Well, actually, yeah, I, I wanted to, you know, be a rock star, play guitar, and all that stuff. Right on. And, uh, but when I got into high school. You know, I found I was good at a couple of things. I was good at writing. Uh, I, I was in a high school newspaper for about a year or so. And, and then my uh, the editor of the newspaper said I should go and study journalism. And uh, I did that. But there's all kinds of complications with going to college if yeah. you didn't have money. Yeah. You know, we didn't have the money to just pick a school and send me. So had to be based upon grades and even then my grades weren't all that great um i mean they were okay my grades were okay but here's here you go i i sent uh i sent the application to the university of southern california wow socal yeah yeah and i knew i didn't really have a chance to get in there but uh, i sent it anyway and the letter i got back was so demoralizing. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, they just went on to tell me, like, oh, we got sons and daughters of ambassadors and uh, politicians yeah. and all these famous people. And, like, why should they, why should they let me come to their school? Yeah. Um, and, and that was it. They, they weren't asking me to give them a real answer. That was just kind of a rhetorical question yeah. I was asking, you know. So. Yeah. But anyway, I got I got into the UIC uh, on some sort of uh, grant program here in Illinois. Okay. For, for minorities. And so Excellent. I got in there and, uh, and so I started, I went looking for journalism classes, but they didn't have any. So I would have had to major in English, and I didn't want to do that. Uh, who, wa who wants to do that? <laughs> hey, uh, real yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I totally believe that 100%. Hey, Dad, give me a second here. I'd like to uh, give a shout-out to one of our sponsors here. Oh, sure. Excellent. Uh, today's episode has been brought to you by Tad Flats Whiskey. That's T-A-D-D-F-L-A-T-T-S Whiskey. Say it three times fast. The winter months are slowly waning. Did the groundhog see a shadow? How many more weeks of winter remain? Six weeks? Eight weeks? Well, here at Tad Flats Whiskey, we always hope for longer winters. A longer winter means more time to remember you have that old cabin in Winnipeg, your favorite ugly Christmas sweater, and the family dog that always knows when to leave the room. Our distillery has been family owned and operated for over 300 years, so I think it's safe to say we know what we're doing. In such climactic times, it's easy to forget to not take yourself too seriously. With Tad Flats Whiskey, you can be a gentleman and a scholar. Enjoy it mixed with an orange zest, or take it straight. It's smooth, nearly silky presentation will have you smitten after your first swig. That's Tad Flats Whiskey, where we're always ready for longer winters. I'm here with my guest, Jackie Robinson. Yes, the Jackie Robinson. And uh, we've had a we've had a nice uh, conversation here. I'd actually like to dig a little deeper here. So um, when hey, I was going to say, I was going to say you reminded me of Rush Limbaugh doing that little ad thing you did. <laughs> oh, I thank you. That's what I was going for. How'd you know? Hey, so when when you were growing up, how early did you get into politics and why? Well, you know, that wasn't a, a mental 
choice kind of thing. That was like everyday life kind of thing. Well, living around my house, my my parents, you know, they watch the news on television and stuff, and yeah, and I and I listen to what they say and what they comment about, and it's kind of how I started paying attention. But what really pulled me in was uh, I was watching television one day and I saw the assassination of uh, John F. Kennedy. Right. Okay. And, and that really struck me right there. It's like, wow, I couldn't, well, I didn't know what to think about all that. I was only about eight, nine years old, but okay, it really struck me because uh, I kind of felt like he was trying to do something for everybody. You know, yeah. I, I felt like, I don't know why I felt that way, but I felt like he was a, a good man. Maybe it's because I heard my parents talk about him. Right. Yeah. And then, uh, and then next, uh, Martin Luther King. They yeah. got rid of. Now I knew Martin Luther King. I knew all about Martin Luther King, and then they got rid of him. And you know, it just kind of told me, yeah, we got to pay attention to this stuff. Yeah. You know, we got to really pay attention to what's going on around us because politics, they try to, when politics is good, it should be like something you don't have to worry about, yeah. <laughs> you know, when everything is working. But when things aren't working, you got to pay attention. Yeah. And uh, and then they came around and killed Bobby Kennedy. So they killed these three seemingly very nice, wonderful people. Yeah. But they let this other maniac live on. Yeah, I don't know who the I don't know who the they is, you know. But the they could easily the they in that in the first half the sixties could have easily have been Republicans. Do you believe <laughs> easily? Do you believe? But I don't. I'm not gonna. Yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna throw that's, out any conspiracy theories. But there's a lot of them. That's okay. And, uh, you know. I, I uh, me personally, I've noticed a lot of young people, not even in my demographic, but a generation two or three ahead. They're so vocal and progressive nowadays and even, you know, like borderline radical anti-fascist cells. And as a black man who grew up in Chicago, in the Chicagoland area throughout the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, you know, do you feel that anything in today's culture mirrors the type of racism you witnessed back in your day when Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was using his God-given voice to galvanize equality? Or is it just a bunch of people using the internet and a social stigma to make themselves the hero they always wanted to be? Well, you, you always have those people that are just, you know, self, uh, they, they only want to put themselves on a the pedestal. But, uh, but I'll tell you, the 60s were pretty interesting because they were, it seems like people started to get the message. They were starting to understand what was going on. And maybe that's why Kennedy and the Kennedys and Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. Maybe that's why. Uh, but I felt like during the 60s, and even into the 70s, things were kind of on a path of equality, let's say, or a path or understanding of what's going on. People weren't People, people were letting their guards down and starting to learn to enjoy each other. I mean, I went to Proviso East uh, in Maywood and uh, I met a lot of good friends there and good people there 
all colors or what have you. And uh, it just it just seemed like things were on their way. But then uh, 1980 came and Ronald Reagan got elected. And to me, that seems where things started going off the track again. The old Reaganomics? Yeah, Ronald, Ronald Reagan became president and his attitude was that, to me, his attitude was that government should not be involved in anything and only like people with money should be making the decisions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and that to me, that's that, that's that like, hey, we're rich and white and uh, we should be making all the decisions for everybody. Yeah. To yeah. me, the best presidents you know, throughout history are, or even leaders, the best leaders throughout history are those that truly care about the people. You know, I, I don't know what's in everybody's heart or mind, but just from the appearances, you know, uh, President Roosevelt, he did what he did because the people were suffering. Yeah. Uh, even Dwight D. Eisenhower cared about the people yeah. more so than about, you know, the wealthy. Yeah. Uh, even though he's a Republican, he was, uh, he had a good, stable mind, good attitude, I thought. And uh, Kennedy, the both Kennedys and uh, Johnson, they were, to me, they were all about the people. Yeah. Of course, you know, there's always dirty politicians everywhere. Somebody's trying to get a, make an extra buck or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or something. And, uh, and so when Ronald Reagan came in, all of that kind of stuff changed and they, and then the banks started doing crazy stuff with money. Yeah. And then when Clinton got in, well, even before Clinton got in, the, the government had to bail out the banks every time the Republic, Republicans got in, the Democrats had to come in and fix the mess. Yeah. And uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to get too You're, you're all right. You're, you, hey, you're, you're all right. You're speaking your mind. A lot of good stuff. Uh, Seth, Robbins here, uh, Seth Robinson here with my guest, uh, my father, Jackie Robinson, Pick a Side Podcast. Uh, one more uh, slot for advertisements. We got to do one more slot here. Gwendolyn's Piranha Salsa, the only bite you can afford to get. Gwendolyn's Piranha Salsa has been chasing the ghost of the ghost pepper to be your number one go-to chip dip for the past eight years. It's not only good for chips. Gwendolyn's Piranha Salsa goes great on tacos, wraps, sandwiches, phew, you name it, you can dip it. With an incredible 1 million Scoville grade level, only master chefs are allowed in this kitchen. With a rich sense of tradition and pride, the Gwendolyn family has kept this puppy's ingredients secret and plan to keep it that way. Move over, Cayenne, and tell Louisiana Hot Sauce to beat it. It's time for the major leagues. So tell your taste buds to step up in that batting box and look for the seams. This is one fastball that's always over 100. And with the lowest calorie count of all condiments or dips, you are sure to not have to check with the umpire if it's a fair ball or not. That's Gwendolyn's Piranha Salsa. For the love of God, don't get it in your eyes. Well, this wraps up another very intriguing installment of the topical series of individual communications. I'd like to thank my sponsors, the good people at Tad Flats Whiskey and the wonderful folks at Gwendolyn's Piranha Salsa. I would also like to take a tip of my cap and thank my amazing guest, my father, 
president and CEO of Systems Data Management, Inc., Jackie Robinson. Yes, the Jackie Robinson. And quickly, I would like to wish my mother, Caroline Rose Luce, a very, very happy birthday. She turns another year even greater on the 20th of this month of February. I love you, Mom. Hopefully, you can hear me do this professionally one day. And until next time, this has been the Pick Aside Podcast, and I am Seth Robinson. Later, y'all.